Welcome back, everyone, to the next edition of the FCC Podcast. This is your host and current commissioner, Kirk Swanner, joining me today uh, for a quick update of where we're at is, gonna, is our uh, general manager of the Florida Rugby Union, Mr. Evan Haig. Evan, how's it going, mate? I'm doing great, Kirk. How about yourself? Ah, uh, enjoying this beautiful weather out here in Southern California. Just getting ready for my uh, got a D1 men's game tomorrow. I'm refereeing, and then got some D1A matches coming up. So, yeah, just prepping myself for some uh, also in the, into the rugby out here as well as my commissioner roles back for Florida. So it's going great. Everything going well with you? Second kid, yeah. congratulations. Second kid means even less sleep, but it's going great, <laughs> and we're excited by it. Um, I'm actually excited to see. How Mr. Kirk Swanner refs next week when he's got uh, UCF the Florida State. It's going to be a, an interesting game next week to, you know, see if Kirk can follow through on all his talk. Yeah, yeah. All my talk in that I support Florida State and every 50-50 call is going their way for sure. Uh-huh. That's, that's how we <laughs> wouldn't expect it any other way. Right. No. So I'll make sure. Uh, yeah, I can check that at the door. Um, all right. Let's go through some quick updates here. So quick cut. Um what feedback what are your thoughts here real quick on the on the youtube i i've been enjoying the youtube games because i can watch it from afar so i've been watching a few of them which is great not just florida state i've seen some of the other ones too so um how's the other stuff on the on the back end with some of the stats and the in the video or sorry coding and things yeah so i think it's coming together pretty well um it's still beta obviously you know everybody's going to make sure they get the right Rosters uploaded and Todd's trying to work with everybody on that. He's trying to upskill everyone and this is going to take a bit of time to get it correct, but there are some nice features to it. Um, you can also code it yourself. Um, and that's what we kind of mixing up. I was getting confused at the beginning. It's, it's not so much we're looking for individual stats. It's more of stats of um, the coding. So you can go look at every rock. You can look at every try. You can look at every scrub and you can go and create playlists for those. Um, there is a tool in there where you can mark up the video and give feedback to the players. So when they're watching it, they can see your, Hey, look at your bunching at this rock or look at, this is where you, I really want your spacing from here, or you miss this space here and you can put markups on the videos and then all the players can do that. So you just, I think teams need to go in and check it out and play around with it. Um, because I think ultimately our job this year is to get as much feedback back to Todd and the developers. So the next year, this thing is really humming, but I really like you, I really enjoy the fact that every game is live streamed and then my players watch all the other games because it's super easy and accessible for them. Um, sometimes a live stream has some problems, but Todd's, like you said, he was investing some money into this stuff and isn't getting more and more out of it. And um, yeah, so I, I, think, I, I think it's gone great. Yeah, he's not he's not making the same mistakes twice. I know that the USF there was issues with computers, and he just bought you know he said he invested like ten grand in computers just recently. So, um, yeah, I, he's working hard to make sure that when issues do come up, they get resolved quickly. So I really appreciate that, and I do think it's a really good partnership we have with him. And so I encourage all the coaches to you know build build a relationship with Todd. If you have feedback, like you can give it to him directly. Uh, just remember that, you know, he's a partner with the, with the conference here and we want to make sure those, that relationship stays strong, but um, yeah, feel free to build good relationships with him. Yeah, I, I agree. Just last recap, but Todd is very receptive to feedback. So call text email, he he'll get back to you on all of it. And I like to get a hold of him and he'll fix, he'll fix whatever you guys need. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, the ability to mark up. And so it's kind of like a decentralized video session, right? Instead of having to invest training time into a video session, which I, I would always do. I always found it advantageous. This is a way you can maybe do it where the guys can watch it on their own time and stuff. But 
Um, are you getting? Are you hearing this uh, tree stump grinding in the background here? No, sir. Oh, yeah, the microphone's good for once. Oh, so. all right. Here we go. Let's keep rolling then. Uh, okay, so Rugby Explorer. So quick updates here. The biggest thing for me is we need to make sure that, one, make sure your roster's getting on time. That's going to help with a whole bunch of shit. Secondly, um, make sure that you're also tracking your movements, right? So when you go into track, uh, when you make a substitution, I believe you put in the movement. First, you put in who the player is being subbed off, and then you can, at the, you scroll on the bottom, you can put tactical sub or blood sub or injury sub, whatever, and then you can place, you can then select the player that's coming back in. Is that correct? That's correct. So I think what, what I'm noticing is a lot of players, uh, teams are, are selecting the player that's coming off and not putting the player that's back on. So it should be completely apart. And when you select the movement, you have to make sure it says optional, but you have to make sure you put the player that's going on. So then we can track who the players are that are going on. And we have that because we know a bunch of teams are saying they use two subs and that's that's not correct. Or just two people came off and we don't know who the players were that came on. Um, I expect there to be problems at the beginning with this stuff as people learn it. Um, the other thing that happens is it's better to get this stuff done as soon as possible. So I still think people are still operating on the old mentality of, oh, we'll just get it to a Monday or Tuesday. Um, and this should be done you know, during the game. Um, a lot of the teams are doing it that way but i think we need all the teams to be working on getting the subs done and tracking it during the game because then it can be done because once the game is what we call finalized or finished uh, the only person that can unlock it is myself or kirk and we have to go back into the back end on a computer to unlock it so it's just easier if everybody does their stuff straight away so that way you know we have to go back and try to help you guys fix it later on uh side note quick cut uh that is todd built that from the ground up scratch right Correct. So if there is a kid that wants to do some computer programming and write some code that can then read from Rugby Explorer and then put the roster into QuickCut, you know, feel free to find that and put him in touch with Todd and see if we can help expedite some processes for us. Yeah, that would be amazing if that could sync across. It is possible. Someone just has to be smart enough to do it. Not me. Um, all right. Anything else for Rugby Explorer? Um, no, I think that's it. Everybody just keeps doing this stuff. Um it's very easy to use on the phone. Um, so just try your best to do it. If you have questions, just call or text me. Um, we I can usually try to point you guys in the right direction of how to get it. But I think we've solved most of the problems so far. And if not, ask the opposing coaches because I do believe you guys are talking to each other pretty well. Uh, and we're all here to help, right? Like rising tide lifts all boats. We're all in the same, you know, we're all in the same fight here. So um, keep up the good communications with the opposite teams. Uh, I would say... So I did hear that uh, FAU did stick around and um, socialize with you guys after your last game, right? Yeah, they were great. So uh, um, I was going to give them lots of prompts because, you know, we've played them for the last five or six years and this is the first year when they've traveled to Orlando, they've traveled with a full B-side, full 15-plus players for a second group, which was amazing, and then stayed around the whole time and socialized with us and, in fact, stayed at the bar longer than a lot of our players. So I thought that was um, a really – Nice thing from them, um, and it's so good to see the culture developing on that side of things because it really does help the teams when we all hang out together afterwards. Yeah, that'll give you some bonus points for a Club of the Year contest that I will potentially award at the end of the year. So <laughs> first was UNF for getting the registrar form in first. So second right now is FAU. Uh, let's see how this keeps going. All right. Um, this year is going to be the end of our two-year cycle because remember, what I don't 
when we institute a schedule, I want to do it for two years. I don't like switching it on a yearly basis because you never get your payback, right? Uh, so we do two-year cycles. This is the end of our two-year cycle. Um, but there's a couple things that we need to do this summer. First off, we need to figure out, again, what is the best timeline for seven? So we've now kind of done it in the beginning of the fall. We've done it at the end of the fall. Uh, my uh, feedback I kind of get is that they're both shit. Uh, so <laughs> what is the preferred? Uh, and so we need to talk about that. Um, anything else there in the fall you want to discuss or – should we get into the meat potatoes We're, or into the spring? We'll get into the meat potatoes, but the, the sevens definitely needs to get sorted out. It's not it's which is the lesser of the two evils for the two groups. Um, I don't know that we're ever going to sort it out correctly, but it is a very good tool, and I do want us to keep it. So I, I don't think that's an option. I think we just have to work out where it goes. Okay. The other thing is that change is in the air again. So um, you know, when we did the FCC, we started it you know five years ago. Uh, I always said it was going to be an eight to ten year experiment you know like how we go independent and we don't participate in nationals it was an to me it was an eight to ten year um cycle so we're halfway through it so i do believe well the first time we did it we just focused on the division one programs and i think this time around we cannot continue uh to leave the other the programs out i do think we're gonna have to do something there's going to be some expansion i don't know if it's all in one division or if it's in two divisions and i also don't know if expansion I don't know if there's a way that expansion doesn't occur within the next two year cycle. So uh, there's a lot of stuff in there we got to talk about. Evan, you're probably the better one to give us an update as far as these uh, the other programs here that are knocking on the door, which they are. Yeah, the Division Two programs traditionally have been poorly organized, and UAM is a great example of what we've had to deal with. Remember, I'm up to D1, FTCU is another one. They're really starting to grow and to develop and each time they ask a question about coming up, Kirk does a really good job of making them understand now, you know, why it's so important they have their administrative backbone right and that they understand the demands of playing the FCC. So I think to add to what you're talking about, I think the competitiveness of the league is driving a higher level of play. So what it also means is when you bring a new team in, that we have to make sure that they're prepared to deal with that higher level of play. Um, I don't think it matters that much that they get beaten up a lot, but they have to have the numbers to be able to sustain it and control that and to keep the players committed. So that has been traditionally the problem at the D2 level is they've, they've lacked numbers um, and being able to get sustainability on that. But this year I have definitely seen a changing of the wind a little bit. Um, so it started with Eckerd and they're very well organized. Um, they've had some changes with some coaching now, but, they're very well organized. Uh, Jonah is a great leader in terms of their student leader. So he's really whipped them into shape. They've got good school support. Um, and they played, I think they played four or five of the FCC teams. They played USF, UCF, Florida State, FAU, and I think UNF. So that's five of them. So they did a really good job of playing all those teams. Um, and, I, and they beat a bunch of them, So which means that they're competitive. Now, it was in the fall when we're all less than – full firing but i think it's i think they showed enough wherewithal there and they played a lot of them with b-sides and they really understood the requirements of that so they're in good shape they've they've made a request to come up um the next two teams are very interesting um is that they have now formed varsity teams so there's school sponsored scholarships trying to build that out um the first one is saint thomas university out of the, kind of the miami gardens area gavin mccleavy is running that 
Um, they've got a pretty heavy recruitment thing. They're pretty light this year in terms of their numbers. Um, but he's just building that out and he's looking at trying to how he can come up to. Um, they've got some administrative things they've got to clean up, but I definitely think from the school support situation, they're in a good, good base. They've got a bunch of recruits coming in. Um, they're a very small school, so they'll always be based on um, kids who they bring in um, you know, to attend school to play rugby. Uh, what they say in their email, Kirk, they practice rugby eight days a week. So, you know, in theory, they they should catch up the gap reasonably quick. So there's another one there. Uh, the next one is Arba Maria. They're not varsity yet, but next fall they start varsity. The coach who's taking them over is already ingrained in the school, Tim Dockery. And he has a team this year that is very light on numbers, but he plans on recruiting 20-plus players Um you know, so both of those are Catholic schools. They have good recruitment out of the Catholic Northeast is what their plans are. So we'll be interested to see where they sit. Um, and then the last one is UM. It's still a hot mess that is UM. Um, but they do have desires to get better. Um, and it kind of leaves them as the isolated one in D2. So those four D2 clubs have now gone from being who knows whether they're going to survive on a year-to-year basis to now being really, really strong and, and, and good programs. So, And they're knocking on the door. Each one of them are asking questions of how we can come participate in our league, which also shows the quality of what we've delivered, what Kirk has delivered, what the teams have delivered, and the product that we have. They really want to all come join us. So I think it's a positive situation. It's just a lot of there that we have to be really cautious on how we're moving this forward. So Kirk and I already had some initial discussions of what that might look like. Um, so that's probably the, the the main updates. What else am I missing there, Kirk, on those D2 clubs? No, I think that's about it. You know, So then the question is just going to be, how do we structure this? And this is not going to be a top-down directive decision. This is going to be uh, – we're never going to get to full consensus, right? But we can get to a consensus and – as long as we're all on the same page, I, I I want this to be a group decision as far as what a, a group decision as far as what is the goal of the FCC, right? Are we trying to strive for D1A? Are we happy in D1AA where we're at right now? Do we want to move to a fall-based schedule? You know, like I want to ask, make sure that the foundational stuff, we're all on board there, which will then help when we start building up into the superstructure with, you know, is it one division? Is it two divisions? You know, if all four programs come up, we're at 11. What do we do there? Is it five and six in two divisions? Is it six and five? Do we do one division of 11? Is it a balance? Do we, you know, there's a million different ways we, we could cut this. Um, and, prefer- and I think, and I think Kirk, to that point, a lot of the other conferences, um, the are, Southeast are conference this, yeah. are doing this. They're splitting into two groups. There's, Big Ten, um, I think. Big Ten has done it. The SERC has done it. Um, the 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 Big East, the Big East, or the what's the East Coast Rug- division? They're Rugby doing East, uh, whatever the fuck. Rugby East, yeah. Um, they're, and they're becoming a behemoth with life joining them. Gold you Coast know, so has two program has two divisions. So it's it's definitely a, a the new way that people are looking at it. Um, I think it has a lot of positivity because it means when a team has goes through that inevitable down period there's an area for them to step down to rebuild, but then there's a pathway for them to come back up. So it's not down to obscurity and nothing occurs. It's down to, okay, we're going to rebuild and retool this, get ourselves in a good situation and, and go up again. So, um, you know, cause I don't want to speak for UNF and FAU, but prior to them coming up and joining 
um, the Cirque before we um, formed the FCC. They one of their reasons where they were performing well in the lower levels and they weren't getting enough consistent games. And I think if we get a good two tiered system, we can eradicate. That's what happens when you go down is you you end up not getting good games. So you're better off playing up and getting smashed, but at least you're giving everybody game time and hopefully you can keep getting better. So it's this balancing act that you're talking about. And I think it's, I don't think we'll ever solve it perfectly, but I think everybody needs to start thinking about how our conference would look with those four teams in it um, and how we would need to manage that. Now, the other question is where do we manage it? Do we manage it? Within the FRU, do we go as an independent conference? Um, you know, I, I think we should be looking at all options. Um, I I is, think we, I think the other the other piece there to think about too is we've got the CRAA avenue open to us now, which gives us a lot more freedom and choices on this. So I think if we are ever looking being completely independent, not underneath the FRU prior to this, um, we we would have been it would have been a more daunting. But I think now that we have the CRA banner over the top of this, you know, if we have a larger conference, we just have a lot more moving parts. But there's there's the ability to to manage those things outside of. It. So I think I think we need to look at the this, positives and, and negatives, and this, this is just the time for us to look at it. This time around, so when we we're part of the CERC, we had to be a part. We had to be associate members of the union in order to get access to referees. This time around, CRA has advantage refereeing. <clears throat> Richard Every. Uh, with advantage refereeing who does all the scheduling for all the performance leagues. And my understanding was, you know, I've had some brief discussions with uh, the powers that be is that we could go with uh, advantage. It would cost us more per match. Um, But Richard would be doing this. My understanding is that Richard would be doing the scheduling. And so that we actually could be completely independent from the F R U and the F R R A. Who would Richard be calling? I'm assuming it would be Florida refs, but um, I don't know. It would just create this whole nother interesting dynamic. Yeah, and 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 that's and there's positive and negative to that. Obviously, the negative is we have to pay more money. The positive is we're most likely more likely to get better refs because they're looking for refs who are going to be advancing. So we become because Richard does all the performance leagues. He does D1A, uh, D1 correct. Elite, the one the WPL, so, all that. So, and then with that, with that in mind, you know, like, you know, I know a lot of us struggle with getting, we get refs assigned at the last minute. Um, sometimes they're not of the greatest quality, but we just deal with it and we take it on. So like, um, I think there's some benefits to to that kind of like, I was very surprised with Quick Cut, how everybody's willing to pay the money because it was a better quality service. Um, and if we want to have better, we have to be willing to pay more for it. Um, but again, not everybody is flush with money to do that. But I think if we have a really good plan and we know how we want to make it work, then we can do that. So um, the, other, the other thing I would say about refs is that we need to do a better, you know, we need to do a better job as clubs as finding refs. Now, I would say that there is a lot of positives to refereeing, like uh, particularly if you're a recent college grad. So I hope you share this information with all your students for those guys that don't want to continue playing, but would like to continue in the sport refereeing is an incredible Avenue because the, if you're a young ref, like just look at Kai and look at Kyle, they're going to get all the looks in the world because the HSBC sevens, they want to be looking for young 20 year old 
referees now that could potentially be on the tour in eight years from now. Like they're looking that that far ahead. And so if you're a young ref that's fit, that understands the laws, you can you can skyrocket. You can go really far if you really want to. Like there's a lot of opportunities there. And then, uh, you know, D1A is the farm league for MLR. So MLR is going to continue expanding. They're going to need more, you know, services and refs. So like, there's a lot of opportunities uh, for refereeing, and uh, and refereeing is not terrible. Like, it's actually it can be very fun uh, if you know what the fuck you're doing. Um, and it's g- the only way to guarantee to be paid to do rugby in America. So that's my pitch for refereeing. Uh, I do want to see. I know it's difficult to get to the referee course. You know, like. Uh, I hope there's a we can do a better job in Florida. I did talk to Jamie McGregor, who's the referee, USA referee, uh, referee development dude, and so I believe we can expedite that process. Not sorry, we can have the process where we can have a course uh, more easily scheduled. So then hopefully we can then man it and get people there. But uh, then, you know when we do have these courses in Florida, they're not well attended. So I don't know if like, are we not getting the word out? Like what the hell's not going, what's going wrong here, but we do need more refs full stop. Okay. Uh, what else we got cooked? Let's wrap this up. Cause I'm sure everybody's sick of hearing us. Yeah. We're on. Um, oh, you don't like my soapbox. Do- no, your soapbox is good every so often. Um, <clears throat> so we have to get this, Summit date, meeting date set for May, um, or is that already set, Kirk? May twentieth. Uh, so that's what I want to do is on that weekend. So there's kind of two options in here. Uh, May twentieth is also the weekend that that high school showcase is happening over on the northeast coast, correct? Yes. So that's one option. We go up there. The other option is I think we go to Gainesville. Uh, Ken is willing to host us at his awesome lake house there, um, and I will get some money to pay for hotels for the folks from South Florida if they want to come up and stay the night. So um, I think I'd like to rather do this in a more informal environment. I don't really do it in like a meeting area. I'd rather do this on couches with some food uh, and some drinks because it's going to be a long speed. It's going to be a long chat. So, uh, and I think a more informal will help us cut the shit better. You know, like let's just just cut to the chase and get and have some real honest discussions here. So I was in, and I do we'll walk away from that meeting with some solid plans, exactly what we're, what we're going forward with. So it's going to take some time to do that. Yeah. I agree with you. So I will send out a uh, survey uh, so the clubs can say what, if, what they want to go to the Northeast Coast or want to go to Gainesville. Um, that would be our democracy at this point here. Uh, other than that, the only thing I got left is if you have not looked at your succession plan for your president for next year, you better start doing that now. Um, I know that teams are supposed to have elections. Uh, if you do have to have elections, do not leave it up to the players to make it a popularity contest. You better be getting into the ears of the senior core players and you tell them who you want as the next president and it's on them to make it happen. Amen, so, Kirk. Amen. The easier, the better your, the better your president is, the better your relationship with them is, the, the better your club functions. It's, I mean, it's all about admin. So do not leave it up to some dipshit you know, a bunch of, a bunch of kids to like make a decision on popularity. Like you say who you want and let me, and make, make those kids make it happen. So, uh, that's all I got. You got anything else, Evan? No, I think it's great. A great start to the season. Let's keep cranking away. Uh, we'll probably do another podcast here closer to the date. Once we get state championship location locked away, cause we're combined with the senior union as it stands right now. Um, so, um, that's the only other thing people to keep in back of their mind, but, 
we're rolling through halfway through almost getting into spring break and then we'll be in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see how it all unfolds. All right. Well, keep up the great work, gents. Uh, keep up all the video, all that good stuff. I'll be watching from afar and uh, I'll see, well, Evan, I'll see you next weekend. The rest of you guys. Weekend, see you next weekend. Adios. Yeah.